Welcome to the Heartbreak Kids Podcast, where we explore what connects us all in our yoga practice and in our lives. This is where I talk to people about their stories, who they are, what they've been through, and where they're going. And in this podcast, that's what we explore. I believe deep down inside, we're all connected, which explains why we bring ourselves to the top of our mat every day. Welcome to the Heartbreak Kids. So welcome to the next edition of the Heartbreak Kids. I'm here with Scott Johnson, and uh, I'm excited to talk to him. I got to meet him in London when I was there, and uh, we had a nice conversation recently on his podcast. And uh, I'm interested to really hear his perspective on it because he comes from a really different place than what I do. And uh, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of like subtleties that I think are really powerful for people to hear. So Scott, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me on, Taylor. It's good to it's good to return the favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, well, we did an awesome podcast just you know a couple months ago, and um, you know I appreciate you having me on. And so it's nice. It, we didn't really hear all of your story; uh, we heard more of mine. So now you get an opportunity to share a little bit about yours. So why don't you give me a little background and tell me? Uh, you know, did you grow up in London? Well, I, I live, I live, um, I live just outside London. I've always lived just a little bit outside, not in the centre, but I've always lived in Greater London, which is like um, probably around about like uh, just forty-five minutes to an hour to get in, like through through like through, through um, trains and stuff like that. So I've always lived in that area, um, but I've always worked in London. So I, I, I've like literally, I've I've grown up in this and never moved from this part of the world really yeah so yeah that's my story i kind of i've I've known this part of the world since i was small for sure wow and so tell me a little bit about you as a, a kid a teenager high schooler uh what kind of kid were you were you troubled like me or, <laughs> or, or what or is were troubled you, uh, like you mean i mean i to, to be honest with if i think about it now and it's super interesting when you start talking to Lots. I mean, when you when you teach and and you share this and you do this for a period of time, because it does help you to reflect back on your own, um, on where you come from yourself. And so you're actually interesting to the first person who's asked me that. And uh, and and if I was to really consider it, I think I was quite uh, quite a shy, and um, I I just I was a bit of a dreamer. So I didn't I didn't I didn't put myself out there a lot. I was just uh, I was just in my head a lot, and it kind of if I think about what I'm like now and why about that, it kind of makes sense. I always kind of like I I I just I just I just lived in my head a lot, I, I, and I, I I was kind of like quite like I said quite shy, and yeah. and just moved in that way I think, and uh, I so I was I was a very reserved child I think for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you did you have a lot of friends? Not really not a lot of friends i didn't I, I had a lot of i mean more in my 20s i had a lot of friends but that was probably the same reason you did do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> those kind of friends but but i think not a lot you know i didn't i i didn't i, I went to when i was young i went to a lot of different schools I, I went to three or four different schools i didn't stay at one so i didn't wasn't able to hang on to friends for long before i had to meet new new ones so i, I at 12 
No, at 13, I left school. At 14, I left school for a new one. And then at 15, Jeez. at 16, I left school. So I was going into these new places and having to kind of, you know, establish myself as a, as a, as a new person in, in groups that have already formed which was right. quite hard. So I kind of like, you know, I always kept myself to myself quite a lot. Um, and I enjoyed, yeah. to a certain degree, enjoyed my own company. Yeah. And so um, are you in your head a lot today? I'm, yeah, I live a lot in my head for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, also, I'm also interested in like, why did you move so much? I left, well, I went to a, I went to a, a private school until I was in the UK, which is like a paid, which my parents paid for until I was 13. And then when I was 13, I left and I went to just a normal state school and I really didn't like it. And then, so I said to my dad, I said, I can't stay here. I need to, I need to, I want to go somewhere where I'm near. Actually, I, I was living, I was going to school quite far away. And I said to my, my dad, I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm not making any friends. So I actually went to the local comprehensive school nearer to me uh, which was actually better because I was able to make friends in my own town um, and that was that was good so I actually but I actually literally was in that school for two years and then and then I left <laughs> and I had to leave because we fit we left school and then I I went on to just go straight into work so I kind of like so I kind of like I, I moved around because uh, just because like the, the 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 junior school the early school that I was at finished and then and then I just, I didn't know the school I went to, I just wasn't really happy there. And I wanted, I wanted to find friends. And so that's why yeah. I moved. Yeah, it was kind of like sort of trying to find where I fitted in, if that made sense. Sure. And what were your interests like at that point, point in time? I mean, I just, I just loved music. I remember just off all of my life, I've just loved like music. And that's always been like what's made me like, 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 I don't know, kept me in my head really like I've loved that way that music makes me feel. So not so much like playing it or singing. I did try singing it and you know, but it wasn't didn't really work then. But it was just more like listening to it and, and collecting it and, and just enjoying, you know, that that thing. I remember just being completely into music and nothing else when I was, you know, in my teens for sure. Yeah. And what uh, what type of music, Scott? I went through a really, really interesting phase where I was just trying to kind of work out, and I what I liked, and my the first I like to ask these people the question: the first album, the first album I ever bought was uh, was Color by Numbers by Culture Club. Oh, wow! <laughs> and then the wow. first album I really actually um, uh, really played over and over again was Purple Rain by Prince. And then oh, the yeah, first band, the band I fell in love with was, uh, was U2. I, I remember okay. being the Joshua trees, the one in my top. And so things like that, I was just, I would just really love music and really play it over and over again, sing it at the top of my voice. In my, I was really massively into, you know, things that, that I just, that, that idea of um, being really into something that transforms, just can take you out, you know, can take you away from things. I think that was it. You know, I had a yeah. bit of a crazy, uh, a bit of a, 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 a full-on upbringing because my mum had like had an addiction, had an addiction, and uh, from when I was small up until well, she left. Well, she still got it, but she left when I was fifteen. So I always found I wanted to kind of, um, I always found I wanted to found getting into music was a way of of like, you know, a way of me 
finding something outside of myself that I could draw a fall into, you know? And so I just love, I, that's been a thread that's run through my whole life, which is why I'm completely passionate about it. Um, but I, from a yeah. young age, I really, I, that was the thing, you know, songs and music and sounds and lyrics was the thing that turned me away from the negative things that were going on in my life. Yeah, I totally hear that. I remember the first, uh, I bought two albums, my very first time uh, buying something. And I bought Dr. Dre's The Chronic. And then I also bought Pearl Jam. Oh, so I was, gosh. I was, con I was conflicted there too. Um, yeah, both are amazing, like amazing albums. 10 uh, was amazing. album, and the Chronic was amazing oh, album too. That, that, uh, yeah. that 10 albums, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It is an incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredible um, and, album. So, but you, you mentioned a couple of things like, you know, so that your mother was struggling with addiction. Like how did that play out in your life? Um, do you know what I want the, the interesting thing I've got about that time is I haven't got, I think I pushed it out cause I haven't got, people ask me about my childhood and I haven't got a lot of memories. I just remember you, you blocked it out. I think so. Yeah. I haven't got any specific memories like childhood memories, which I can draw on and say, yeah, that happened and that happened. And like, um, there's a point I can remember. I remember just, I don't, it's just almost like one big blur of there's moments I can remember, but I just, I just did, I can't really pin it down. It wasn't until I was 15 when my mum left that I start to have memories of, of that, you know, that period of my life when it was just me, my brother and my dad. And so before then, I don't know, there was just a sense of like me retreating into myself. I get a sense that I was doing that. And I think I was just like, I didn't know how, I think there was a sense of not knowing how to be because I was feeling like I had to tread on eggshells egg all the time, especially as a young, as, as a really young person. Um, because like, you know, my mum was literally, she was, she would drink every single day. And when, yeah. when we, when we get up, you know, the one memory I have is like of, um, looking under her bed like uh you know and i must i can't remember the year but i remember just seeing bottle we lived in a pub we, i grew up in a pub and ironically it was the pub that kind of you know that really brought out her 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 addiction out into the open and was the thing to a certain degree that saved her because she had nowhere else he couldn't hide it anymore but i just remember seeing like under her bed the all of these um bottles and thinking just think that was normal and so I just, I, wow. again, I didn't know what, I, I personally didn't know, to, you know, at that time, if I was to consider it now, I felt I was maybe, like I said, treading on eggshells. And so I had things like music to kind of fall into, which took me out of that, which, which was a source of comfort, I suppose. Sure. You know. Sure. And um, you felt like you were walking on eggshells because like of, uh, of the behavior I of, think, yeah, of, yeah. of your mother and like it, it was erratic or something like that? Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Like I, like I said, Taylor, it's like, I can't pin down. I try, I've tried for years. I, I remember having therapy when I was younger and, and I'm trying to pin down moments and I can't. Huh. <laughs> it's super interesting. I like, I like, I have really interesting, you know, with lots of people about when they talk about their childhood and I can't pin anything down. I can't pin down really memory, family holidays, things like that, because I think I've just kind of, I don't know. I just, it just, I've just interestingly the memories aren't the memories aren't there or aren't consistent yeah have you tried to play around with that in your yoga practice 
as like, you know, a way to sort of maybe access those memories that are there? I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're there. Yeah, 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 um, they are. I'm sure they somewhat, are. Yeah. Definitely, they're felt. Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of made peace with it. I kind of look at it and like I made peace with my mum as well. You know, we, she's like a, she's, you know, we, we know as your, you know yourself, but she's like an ongoing process and she's now what, probably 15, I was 15. So she's like 30, coming up to 33 years sober. And so to, to do that from where she was at is like real, um, like a real, I've got so much respect and love for her because it's not easy, as you know. Um, yeah. And and yeah, she's still the most difficult thing. Exactly, and you have to like as a child of someone seeing that and doing it. You sit back and you watch it, and you have to go. I'm really lucky that you know that she went. That she had the steps right, so she went through the twelve steps, and one of those steps is she she um, she 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 uh, went out of her way to obviously say sorry for all the things she'd done, and we went through where there was a lot of kind of. Um, love and connection around her you know uh, about holding some of the things that happened but and so when it comes back to like my own sense of having to you know go with that myself I kind of kind of let that go I don't feel like there's anything I need to go into back there yeah, um, I, I understand I, that. That uh, that's a you know that's a testament to the work that you've done on yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, because a lot of people don't unpack that kind of that trauma. You know, because walking around on eggshells, you know, is basically like living in fight or flight all the time. And what yeah. I've realized from working with people who have someone who's in addiction or they are an addict, a lot of times, you know, it's just it can be a tornado of yeah. emotions, of events, like those kind of those things get played out, and so you know, it's really positive that, uh, you know, like you don't see any value in going through it because you process what you needed to process. Exactly. So exactly. That, you yeah, know, and I've got, a, I've got a great relationship with my, my mother. I feel okay in myself. And um, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm feeling I, I'm in the best days of my life in the last, you know, in the last 10 years. And I can, I can see a, you know, it wasn't until I started practicing yoga that I saw saw something shift and it was the almost like the t first 10 years eight to ten years of practicing yoga were almost like a sense of growing up you know a sense of growing into this into this person because um it was yoga that showed me that um there was other ways to be and other ways to notice and other ways to think because I did, I, I remember my twenties and it's like, I went, I, I didn't go fully into, but I dabbled with like, um, you know, uh, with, with drugs and stuff like that, but only because I loved going out partying and having a good time. And I never really had a kind of, uh, but I, but I'd never really got an addiction to it, but I got into a, a flow of it where there was like highs and then really big lows. Like I remember having yeah. going through my early twenties when and my late like late teens, eight, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, where I had some really dark moments. Um and it felt like I was dragging. I'd like I'd have like uh like uh, it would feel like life was okay and then it would drop down and then it would come back up to like that okay and then it would drop down again. And I was I had this cycle, I remember having this cycle going around thinking, is this how life's gonna be? Mm. Um and um and uh, there was a couple of things that changed that I was meeting Louise, my wife. And then, um, and then when I started practicing yoga, I, I just, it's just these things, these subtle things changed, shifted. And it was actually really, it was when I, when I started practicing yoga that there was some real personal changes that I were quite, 
which were quite um, profound. Yeah. That, that was so the shift. I, yeah. So what uh, kind of profound changes? I mean, and because from, if I'm hearing you correctly, it was like you were having these ups and downs before you were practicing yoga. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I just yeah, thought and, life, and, was, life was going to be this. I just thought life was this way of like just feeling like it's you just because you're moving along a certain way and then you and then you feel really down for a while and then you come back up and i thought this it can't be like this i remember having yeah, some therapy that, uh, the one of the you know i'm having some therapy in my i think very early 20s and i thought i can't go on like this shit you know what i mean and i remember saying to the one of the most profound things that therapist said to me she goes i was telling her these stories and you know i was thinking i'm feeling like it woe woe is me and um and she said to me you are not the only person who sees the world like this and that was the first time i was like someone said that to me and i stopped and i go really what other other people feel like this because i thought looked out at everyone else and i thought mm. everyone's sorted yeah. <laughs> and i'm the only yeah. one with these feeling like this way um but yeah, i didn't well, it's, a sim it's a similar experience to you know what i had in addiction where all of a sudden like you know i thought i was the only one who was living like this you know, like, and I thought I was the, I thought my problems were unique and, yeah. you know, like coming to understand that your problems are not unique is a, as a, you know, creates a profound change. Yeah. And I think it, when, if yeah. I look back now, it, it kind of like, it makes sense from being a child of an, of an ad, of a, of a, of an addict, because it's that kind of, cause my, cause my mum is, was on that kind of on that edge all the time. And so it's obviously going to go into, into me. And, and me having these kind of, these sense, you know, these senses of myself. And so I felt like once I realized that, I thought, oh, okay, I've got to be super careful here. <laughs> because, you know, there's, there's patterns. There's these addictive sure. patterns which run through families. Um, and I've got to be super careful that, uh, that I don't follow that route which I could, I can see, I can see, you can see it. You can see the pattern that she goes. I can see the patterns herself. I can see the addictive patterns in, in, in my, you know, in myself. And so it's being super careful around those things. So there was the kind of like, but that first thing when that, the, that therapist said to me, you're not the only one who, who sees the world like this. It was like a bit of a wake up call. Cause I can look to my friends and went, are you, you feel like, and they go, yeah, we sometimes feel like this. And I'm like, really? And it was almost wow. like you got a sense of like you weren't on your own. Um, wow. You know. Um, yeah, that's, that, and that's, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, so let's talk a little bit about, before we talk about these like, you know, big changes that were happening or, or it sounds like emotional maturity or something like that, that that happened with the result of yoga, let's talk about how you got into yoga and like why you felt compelled to, to try it. I, it was a long process. So I remember like I, it was a, it, there was this real process of, um, a discovering it. And it, and it was like an ongoing, it was a way of me waking up. I suppose I remember going in 1998, I went traveling and I'd up until then I'd been, a would I'd, I'd left school and I went straight into apprenticeship and I became an electrician. And I, it was a job, like, like I was, it's just like, I thought I'll get myself a job and it myself. Someone, we lived in this pub and these, these, I was closing up one night and these, Drunk guy said to me, Scott, you've got to get, get yourself a trade. You'll always be working. And I thought, well, I'll start with that. If, as long as I've got work, I'll have money. So I, I got myself a trade. And then I found myself working in a very male-dominated environment. 
and feeling like I had to fit in. And it felt like I was that play in that, in that kind of fight or flight again in, in school where I had to, like I didn't fit in, but I felt like I had to, cause that's where I was. And so I was in this, um, I was in this, I was working and I was thinking, that's one of the reasons I was really down. I was really not enjoying what I was doing for a living, but I just thought that was it. And then, and then I met Louise, my, um, who, who's my wife. And, uh, we decided to go traveling and it was so like, it was so, um, liberating. It was the, one of the most liberate, probably one of the most liberating experiences of my life. Cause going traveling up until then, I thought life had been a certain way. You go and you get a job and that's it. Do you know what I mean? I was thought well, I was on this treadmill and then I went and saved up and we went traveling for 15 months. And we went wow. away, we went away for, we went away for six months. We spent six months in Southeast Asia, Indian Southeast Asia. And I remember having such a sense of freedom there. And while I was out there, that's when I did my first yoga class. It was, it was on, it, it was in, in 98 in, <laughs> in Varkala, in, in Kerala. And it was just this oh, little, wow. little place on top of a hill on the top of the cliff. And I went in and it was just like, I was watching this little guy do um, do Padmasana and just lifting himself up, Utpluti he and swinging himself backwards and forwards. And I looked, I'm like, how, what? You know what I mean? I'd never seen anything like it. Um, right. But I remember feeling it and then coming out and, and Shavasana and feeling amazing. And then, and, and, and then I thought there's something to this. But interestingly, we carried on, Louise and I were just there to travel. We weren't there to do yoga. We were just there to meet friends and you know, wander around. And so he wandered around, but I didn't explore yoga anymore until I'd got back the following year in back into the grind back at home. As soon as we got back, we'd bought a house and we got back into this process of, um, of back to work, being an electrician and, uh, into this grind. And I felt like all of that had gone and, uh, that, that 18 months, you know, 50 or however long we were away had gone and then we were back into this process of just going to work and that kind of thing so i remember i told myself i've got to do something for myself so i found a yoga class and it was just i remember it was just not far away from where i lived and i went and i just really enjoyed it, it was just a hatha yoga class with a teacher who was was showing shiatsu techniques so there's lots of energy work and it i it was amazing sure. and, I, and i remember like doing it for a while, but enjoying it. But I remember the, I remember the moment when I felt something change. It was like, um, I was thinking I was doing trikonasana one, one, yeah, one evening. And I remember she said, Scott, no, you just have to, you have to just soften here. And I just felt my body melt into this like position. I never felt that before. And, uh, and I went, ah, what's that? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what is yeah. that? And sense of peace and sense of comfort sense of, and, and yeah but a real kind of real kind of moment where something changed and i noticed it um, yeah something changed and i noticed it yeah um, well let's talk about that change like what do you think you know because you talked about like how you know uh earlier about how there's like some subtle changes that that you started paying attention to obviously that's a pretty substantial one that you just talked about the first time you noticed it but what did you notice after that? You know, even after like kind of diving into the practice for a few months, like did you notice notice big change in personality and emotions and all um, those kind of things? I didn't. I would. I was noticing small things. You know, I was still. It was still this thing where I was just doing it once a week. Do you know what I mean? I was. I. I was like by. You know, that was before. I think it was just around the time before we had Herbie, so my first child. So it was just myself and Louise. And I was, but I was working, I was working, doing the five, six days a week, 
there's an electrician in you know in these big high rises in london and so i'd get home and then once a week i'd go to a yoga class and it would just make me feel better but i went i went consistently like every week i found a teacher and the teacher was really nice and i realized that um i realized that what i needed what was important for me was a teacher who i resonated with that was the right from early on i was like it's a teacher who can stop and help you to help you notice things about yourself that you can't see and so that's why I sticked with I stuck with this particular teacher. I remember her name was Elisa. That was it, because she was really, really great. I, she was she we it I, it was enough for me to notice at the end of the class that I was different than the beginning, and it, and it reverberated into um, into my the next day. You know, I think it was a Thursday night, so I was always looking forward to that because then on the Friday it would be a really nice day because I felt good because I'd been to yoga the night before. Um, right. But it was just it was just something I did once a week, and it, and then she only did the class once a week. So, but I, what it was, what I realised early on, it was the teacher who who and the way that she'd helped me um, that resonated. You know, it yeah, was her was going, it was her going, it? like, look at this, feel like her integrity, her the way that she was able to say, feel it here, notice it here. She was really wise. She, she felt she felt really wise. She felt like you know she really knew her stuff. She really knew her anatomy. And she really knew how to, um, there was alignment, there was also, but it was also looking at energy. And it was almost like right from that early point, we were talking about the energetic components. And she was a shiatsu practitioner as well. So she really knew, I got the, well, I, I knew she really knew her stuff around, you know, how to energize and how to let go. And I really got that. You know, I really got that up. And, and, I, and, and I also, you know, I, and she introduced me to her Tai Chi teacher. And so I did a year of Tai Chi um, and oh. I would have literally would have probably carried on doing Tai Chi if I hadn't found the following year Ashtanga. Wow. Um, yeah. Because that's I loved, awesome. I loved that movement. You know, it was, again, it was that idea of me being completely involved in something which was internal, like going back to that young, young, young kid who was able to go into themselves through music and, and feel it in themselves and notice the change in them because because that's what you know I was really awake to and so I was watching and feeling these these changes in me and going wow and not not and really noticing them and really being intrigued by them rather than going oh that felt nice <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> that was a nice thing I feel better and I was going what's what's that it was almost like an yeah. inquiry right from early on. And so I remember when I did this Tai Chi, what they do this, um, these, these courses in the UK called um, Adult Education. And you start on a set, on a, on a, on a set in a September and you finish the following July and it goes through term time. And I remember starting this court, this Tai Chi course with, it, with this really wise old teacher with about 36 people in the, in the September. And, and he went through the whole, through the whole um, of the, the year that he was going to teach us this one form. So we'd know, we'd go away, we'd practice it. And so we'd, we'd learn by the end of it, we'd know this complete form. Tai Chi, um, I think it was, yeah, yeah, I can't remember what style it was. Anyway, uh, we started, there were 36 people and I committed. And then by the end of the last class, I was the only one left. And I, wow. I'd learned, I'd learned the whole thing. And I, I remember it doing it. And I felt this is there really something to this because I remember practicing it. It was just the flow and the movement. And it just felt something really um, sensitive and, you know, uh, really embodied about it. 
Like I really loved find seeing how things moved and how things shaped. And it was like, I used to love dancing, you know, I, I lived, that was the point when I remember going, when I was in my twenties, the one thing I used to, I used to go raving and love, love music. And I'd spend most of my, you know, six, seven hours a night on a podium because I would just love the experience of moving and feeling what happened when my body responded to the music. And then I was doing this, um, Tai Chi I was doing the yoga with Elise and she would show me these ways to move and soften and then I'd bring that to the Tai Chi and suddenly there was this beautiful flow I was feeling in my body um and and this way of of of, of just seeing how things quietly moved in relationship to my intention and it was really profound like it was really yeah, fun. And sounds- so I remember doing it and, and on the last, I was the only one left and I remember doing this whole form and doing it. And the, and the, and the guy, um, patted me on the back, said, amazing. Well done. Right. Well, let's go, let's come back September and we'll carry on. And, um, right. and then I found Ashtanga. <laughs> I found yes. Ashtanga and, and yeah. that was it. You know, the, the, the Ashtanga was like, it was the I, just one class. I went, Oh God, this is it. <laughs> I mean, like, it was a culmination it, it, I mean, of all sort of those like the things. Same thing, right? Yeah, it's it was, sort of like the same thing. It was a culmination of all those moments into one. You know, I'd had I'd had like a, a year or so of of a year and maybe a year and a half. I think I remember Lisa moved away, and I, I, you know, the other teacher came in, and she was nice, but it wasn't a teacher I connected with. And I'm like, I need to feel like I connect with someone. Um, and I need to feel like, you know, uh, that, that someone can really show me this. And this is why I connected with the Tai Chi teacher. And then I remember going, Louise and I, we went to, uh, we took our youngest, Herbie, to see my, my aunt, who lives in Australia, in 2001. Um, and up until then, I remember, like, my, at least my, my, my Hatha yoga teacher, um, she'd bought me, she'd given me, she'd bought the John Scott book in. The John Scott book had come out in 2001. Ashtanga yoga book and she brought it in and I said oh can you get me one so she bought me one I remember looking at it and I recognized the poses because I'd done some of them but I had no concept of how it works (laughs) I'm like how does this work because we've just been doing hatha yoga and you know and I'm like so I'm I'm looking at the poses going I remember looking at um uh uh John doing like Kukutasana and looking at that pose and going, how the hell, like, what's all that about? It's almost like that kind of like looking back when I saw that guy first in, in India and I saw him like um, just moving on with Padma in Utpluttihi backwards and forwards. It was just like, what, how do you, what's that? How do you get to that? And I had no concept of the vinyasa or how it worked because I'd only just done these gentle classes. And so I remember Louise and I going to Sydney and we stayed in Manly. And uh, there was this this yoga studio was close. We're staying right in this yoga studio. It's closed for Christmas, and the last two days it opened, and there was an Ashtanga yoga class. So I, I thought I'd go in and try it out, and um, and it was just a lead. It was a lead primary, and I knew some of the poses, but it was just I'd never done anything like it before in my life. It was just like this amalgamation of yoga, Tai Chi, and then just continuing to f- move and move and move and move. And I thought at some point we're going to stop surely at some point <laughs> we're going to stop because i was i was it was like sydney so it's like 30 degrees so hot and then we didn't and then we kept going we kept going we kept going and then before i knew it i was in um shavasana um wow but i remember coming out of that uh class walking down the stairs and there's this um there was this like boulevard that takes you to the scene i was going to meet louise and 
I felt like I was floating. It was almost like it was, it was this natural high. I can only put it like this, that I'd been, you know, that I'd been enjoying, you know, 10, maybe, you know, five years earlier. It was the natural high I'd been looking for. Wow. You know, it's funny too, because like I took a workshop with a senior teacher and I remember like having the thought that like, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world and, and sort of like walking down the sidewalk and feeling like I was floating too. That was it. That, it was like one of, it was one was of the first workshops I ever did. It was really, it was really powerful for me and it kind of shifted. And it sounds like you had a very similar experience. I mean, it's exhilarating to practice Ashtanga yoga for the first time it is. And, and to have like that kind of experience. So I totally get it. So let's fast forward a little bit and, and like, let's talk a little bit about how, you know, like you found your teacher and then how you became a teacher from there. Well, I got back from, so I, I'd had that moment, which like was deeply profound. And I, when I got back from Sydney, I went, I said, I've got to find a Stanga class. And interestingly, there was this teacher called Les Benny, who's like, who was about, he was then 50 then. So he must be about 70s or so now. Anyway, he was, he was running a class in the next village along, an Ashtanga yoga class. So I just rung him up straight away. I said, I'm coming. You know what I mean? I'm coming. He was doing once or twice a week. And I just went to every one of his classes. And he saw I was like, I must have been like, you know, 2002. So I'm like, you know, I'm 29. Maybe. Wow. Yeah, 29, something like that. So I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm eager. Um, and, uh, and I'm really into it. And so I'm coming to all his classes. And then he tells me about this, um, this workshop that he's going to in Oxford, which is like, you know, there is this, there's this place in, in the UK called, I think you, you taught there, didn't you, in Oxford? There's yeah. a couple there yeah. called Ian and Josephine McDonald. They, they've been running, they, they were the first, they were the first people to run Ashtanga yoga workshops in the UK in, in the late 80s with Danny Paradise. And so, da and so John Scott was teaching there. And uh, I think this is early 2002. And Les, that teacher, so I said, I'm going to Oxford, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll come with you. It was like fun. And it was interesting that I had this book, which was a John Scott book, and he was going to this John Scott workshop. I'd never been to anything like this. I'd never been away for the weekend. So I said to Louise, I'm going away for the weekend to, to this workshop. Anyway, I remember going and uh, there was something really heavy going on in my life. I remember it was a family thing. It was like really full on, family and friends. It was full on intense. And I remember before I was going, I was like really, it was really in my head and I was really kind of down with it because it was quite intense. And so I remember turning up at, on the Friday, uh, driving up there in a kind of a bit of a heavy headspace. And then I remember the weekend was incredible. It was amazing. It was like, you know, as with these workshops are, it's like 40, 50 people. It's, it's everyone's, you know, you've got a Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday all day, Sunday all day. Right. But I remember really being transfixed by it all. And really, really, and because John was like a someone, like a, this teacher was saying these things, which really landed in a way that I'd never heard before. Um, and, I remember, and it was like, it was, I, you know, I'd, by then I'd been practicing a little while, so I'd, I was able to, I wasn't, I, I was really enjoying it. I'd really kind of got into it. Um, but I remember him telling, talking and sharing and going, and it all just going really, really landing. Every word, everything he was saying was just going in and I was going, yep, 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 connecting. It was almost like um, there's someone who's living, living away 
that I resonate with, right? And I remember, I remember driving home on the Sunday and nothing else had changed in relationship to anything else in my life, you know, in, in relationship to that situation, that heavy situation in my family that I'd gone up with. Sure. And, and, but I, I could not stop smiling. Like I was, I was, and it was profound because I was, I was, I was, I was, I was like personally happy for, from something I'd done purely like just my own thing, you know, when I, you know, being with Louise is different, I suppose. But I think if I was to look at it, it's something that was just about me doing something for myself, which involved no one else in my life. And and it was profound because I, I could not stop smiling. It was just like this, there was this joy inside of me that I hadn't felt before. And it was wow. like, I was driving home in the car and I and it was like, what is this? Again, it's that moment where I'm going, what's going on? Because I should be, again, that moment where I should be feeling this heavy, there's this heavy thing going on in my life. And yet I could not stop having a sense of elation. And I realized then that I've got to follow this. I'd, you know, I got, I found my teacher. <laughs> wow! I found yeah, my that's teacher. Pretty amazing. And and I found someone who um, who's speaking the language that I want to hear and want to be able to communicate. Wow! It yeah, it's depth. something really special when you find uh, you know someone who you connect with that on a, on a deep level. Like yeah. you know, recently I think there's been sort of this push to sort of um, say that the teacher doesn't matter. Or that um, you know, or or some sort of line of thought around that. And honestly, like my teacher, it sounds like similar to yours, played a really uh, important part of like getting me inspired oh, to do the work, to to you know speak in the same language, to have someone to look up to. All of these things. Um, I mean, I mean, I'd be a different person if it wasn't for that man. Yeah. You know, honestly, like, honestly, I, I still get this idea. I still, he's, you know, there were a few people who I can say who changed my life. And the, not the, it, the, the way that, um, the way that I connected with him, it, it, it's just, I mean, it, it, your teacher's your teacher, you know, and they're just doing yeah. their, th they're, they're a person doing their thing in their lives. And this is the thing I think we could talk about, which is to just be super, a little bit careful around because it's kind of how we play onto that. Um, right. but I remember, but I, and I did play up to that a little bit cause I think I was just, there was still that wanting some kind of figure in my life that I could reach up to. Um, and that was just me. And I, but I remember, but honestly, like I, I, you know, I, I, uh, his, yeah, the way that he was teaching, the way that he, he became a big part, John became a big part of the way I wanted to be, to move in the world and that community around him, you know, for sure. I definitely was like, you know, there was, there was like the family, Louise um, and the boys, but then there was also that I was very, wanted this, I had this relationship with, with a teacher that I, that was really, really important to me. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and how many times do you think you have studied with him since that point? Know, do you know what I mean? I, you know, I remember, I mean, the, the thing about it is the Taylor is like that, that early point, like quite quickly, I had loads of kids. So I had, we had, we got Louise and I had three children within the space of five years. So I, you know, I found it really hard to be, and I was working and we had a mortgage and stuff like that. So I found it really hard to be able to go and study with him 
and 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 to a certain, and, and I wanted to also, also talk about his his then wife Lucy because she was another one a phenomenal like a phenomenal teacher Lucy Crawford, who who between the two of them taught me so much about how to see how to help you know wow. what yoga what yoga is how to you know how to look deep into the body see energy all that kind of thing you know they were they were a formidable couple at the time and I and I think there was a load of us a few of us who got the best years um of, of when they were together and so it wow. was like it was like um i would go down there when i could and i'd practice with layers i'd practice as much as i could and then i'd go like maybe you know uh, two or three times a year to, just to drop in for weeks at a time to be able to connect because that's all i could do because i had a job and I, I you know i was doing the householder thing i had you sure. know so it was Being a hard it was just, i was being a dad i was being a, a husband i was being that thing where which we which we do which we're on the we're on we're on that road so i it, i had to fit it in around that part of my life um yeah i totally understand that i mean it seems like that's what i've been trying to do as of lately you know yeah. like being a home uh stay-at-home dad uh because i'm not traveling much and yeah and then also because of covid and things like that it's like all of a sudden i'm a teacher i'm a school teacher you yeah. know those kind of things so yeah it's it's interesting and so uh, tell me at the uh, the moment that you arrived at like, hey, I'm going to start still point. Well, I mean, like, well, how did that how did that actually happen? Like, how did that come to fruition? Well, there's a story about that, because like uh, I started, I think, you know, I started teaching quite early. I'd been practicing again. I'm just doing this once a week, thick, twice a week thing with Les. And then he in 2000 and. I think I'd started in 2002. I think just before, around about 2005, he said, "I'm going to move to I'm going to move to Spain and I'm going to set up a, 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 a retreat center." And so suddenly there there was no one to teach the class, and I was like, and then he said, "You should take it on." And I'm like, "I've only really been practicing for two or three years. I shouldn't be teaching." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And but all the other, <laughs> but it's a local class, right? And there's no other Ashtanga teachers and stuff like that. I've been going to see John, and you know, and I did some other training with some other teachers, um, and they were like, "Well, look, like if you don't take it on, it's gonna, it's gonna, we're not gonna have it." And I'm like, "Well, okay." <laughs> And if, if you all want me to do it, I'll do it. But like, yeah. and so then I thought, then I did an early training, one of the first teacher trainings, 200 hour, 200 hour teacher trainings in the UK in 2003, four, something like that. I can't even remember. Um, but I, but it was, but it was, it wasn't with John and Lucy, it was with someone else. And I always knew that if I was going to do, become a teacher, it would, it, you know, I knew who my teachers were. I wanted to kind of, sharing the way that they'd been they'd been doing it and so they were doing trainings in the U in the early 2000s uh, in the uk and then i was going to do one of those and then they decided to move to new zealand in 2007 um which kind of but and they were going to do trainings out there so um i remember in 2007 there was this uh, workshop that john john came back and he did this teacher intensive workshop a tri yoga in the uk and we a load of us went and um and it was pivotal it was a pivotal moment because john was on some kind of i think he was on some kind of samadhi trip where it's hard to explain but the whole five days was a bit bonkers but incredibly transformative <laughs> and by the yeah. end of it i i said to him I came home and I said to Louise, I've, I've got to go to New Zealand to train 
I can't, I've got to do it. I need to, I need this, it felt like a need. And so they were doing these two month trainings in New Zealand. Bearing in mind, I've got three children and, uh, and a mortgage and a, you know, that kind of thing going on. And I went to go and train and, and just kind of go and going on at women's. And Louise said, you know, to, she wanted to support me. So she said, go. So I, in 2008 and 2009, I went for a month each year to study with John and Lucy and, and do, and train with them in in new zealand and on the first wow. in 2008 i was there for a month and there was the two of them john and lucy and then there was only 12 of us on the course for a month and on that course wow. there was people from all over the world like you know they, they all these people from all over the world come together in one place and connect um but there was one other in uh, um, someone else from the uk from london her name was oscar and she was became like a little sister she became like, everyone got really close, but she came, became like a little sister. You know, she was, uh, I think she was about six years younger and we just got on really well and like, you know, really became really good friends. And as I, and, and she stayed on and I flew home after that first, that first uh, month and she stayed on and as, and she gave me a letter to say, open this on the plane home. And on the plane home, I opened it. And it was this um, beautiful letter she'd written to me saying how much she appreciated, you know, how our friendship and things like that. And then she'd asked me uh, if I would teach with her. And I said, and she asked me, oh, I'd, love to, I'd love to teach together. If you don't want to, it's fine, you know, but I, I just really connect. I think we've got the same energy, we've got the same teachers. Um, I'd, love, I'd love for us to teach together. So um, I decided that would be amazing. I'd always wanted to, the point is, Taylor, I'd, when I, when I thought about becoming a yoga teacher, I didn't want to do anything else other than what I'm doing now. The whole, the whole spirit of everything I always wanted to do, I'm doing, mm -hmm. which is just teaching, cool. teaching a morning Mysore program and nothing else. I didn't want to have to flock, go all around different places and teaching these. I just wanted to set up a program and do it like my teacher had done and do it like how it's been traditionally done all around all around the world. And I'd never, you know, I'd never had the opportunity to go to Mysore um, because just my life circumstances. And so what I chose was to kind of follow the next, the best thing was to stay super close to a teacher who was like, you know, who'd had the years and years and years of experience, who was like, who I, who I was like super inspired by and carry on the tradition that way. And I met someone else in Oscar who'd done the same. And so her asking me if we could teach together by setting up a morning Mysore program in London was just the, just the icing on the cake. It was just the thing I'd always wanted. So I said, of course. So she yeah. came back from, she came That's back. Amazing. From, and what was really, what was really beautiful was that, she lived in London. I lived outside of London. She, as soon as she got back, I brought her down to the UK. I brought her down to meet Louise and the boys. So she could get, she became a really close family friend. And then she, she supported me being able to, um, to, you know, she'd go in, she'd open up first thing, uh, cause she lived in London. Then I'd come in a little bit later cause I could get the train. And we just set, we set up because we had this deep passion for sharing the method, you know, in the way that it's always been done, but through the way that we learn it through our teachers. And so yeah. we set, we set it up because there was a shared spirit, um, between two people who'd wanted to just, um, just share something that was really meaningful to them. And the, and the really amazing thing, Taylor, was that we both kept our jobs going. <laughs> 
I live, I worked in London, she worked in London. So we were just kind of like, we wouldn't, we didn't have to make it work from the off. We could just open this Charlotte up, the space up, teach people and then go to work. And, uh, and that was it. You know, we, we just, we, we didn't have to work. The money didn't, we got a really good deal in central London from this, from our first space. Um, wow. And like Oscar's like Turkish, yeah, yeah, it was supposed to happen. It was meant to happen, you know. And it was like we had this really beautiful, uh, like, relationship in relationship to sharing and supporting each other. She'd, she'd like, I just wanted to teach in the morning. She wanted to have somewhere to teach, but she wanted to be able to travel. So she would do all the books. She would do all the adminy stuff because she knew that I was a father and I'd needed to look, spend my time looking after the kids. And then she'd go away quite a lot. So when she'd go away, I just, you know, I just keep um, teaching. So we had this really beautiful, beautiful way of um, being together. You know, those early years of Still Point were just stunning because it really, it really showed me there was, we had two teachers who had the, you know, our t we were really close to uh, John and Lucy. And so we, and so we, um, we were really trying to share in the same way and in the spirit that they were doing it. Um, and so the both of us, we would like, we do things like we, we do double adjustment Friday where we would, we, <laughs> but both of us would just walk around and just help each student and we, and she would do something. And then I would know it, I'd be able to see how to help and to help right. someone help her help that person. And it worked the other way around. And it was just this really beautiful, beautiful kind of way of, you know, un, unspoken connection which is what our teachers had. And we had it between, we had it between us. So the, so the, the, the early, the roots of, the roots of Steel Point come from this, you know, our first ever, I remember we had our first ever, um, what was our first tagline? It was something like, uh, it wasn't uh, bring your ass to class, right? No, it was like, <laughs> awaken yourself, awaken others. It was this ability to kind of like, if you can, if you stop and you wake yourself up, that's how you change the world. That's how you change yeah, other that, people. And so we perfect. had this, we had this kind of like, and we, and we had this lovely relationship and we saw that, you know, and that was, that was going really, really well right up until she died. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember seeing that on, uh, I, I remember seeing that on the social media post yeah. um, where you were talking about, um, you know, her and I, I was like, Oh, I wonder what that's about. So, I mean, uh, thanks for putting some context to it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. 2000. She, she literally like it was, she, it's a really sad story because you know, it's the, she, she'd go to, she'd every, every Christmas she'd go and practice the Lino and Kovalum. She was part of the like Kovalum community with Lino Mielli, um, which he's been doing that for course, as long as I can remember. And she would go there for like four to six weeks and just spend time practicing, going to India, being there and, and, and being with that, those people who are a really important part of our lives. And it was, it was in 2012, she'd given up her, she had a job for the NHS and she'd given up that job. She trained as a yoga teacher. She trained as a therapist. She was going, she'd set up her, you know, she lived at home, but she set up a therapy room in her house. So she, she, she was dancing. You know, she was dance. She was someone who was dancing with life, was ready to go. And then she was in Kovalum. She had, she just literally got up too quickly out of bed for, to answer a door to a friend. And, you know, I think she was having some Ayurveda 
Ayurvedic Panchakarma treatments. Anyway, she got up too quickly, opened the door, threw her arms around her friend and then turned around and passed out. And she oh, fell geez. and she, and she literally just passed out lucky when you were lightheaded and she fell right. and, and fractured her skull and never woke up. And it was almost Damn like it. the 30, 34 year old, you know, this 34, beautiful 34 year old spirit who everyone, who everyone I know loved. And she went to India, didn't come back. And I remember like having to navigate that time. Um, Holy. And I remember having to, you know, Taylor, I had to send her an email to 600, the hardest email I've ever had to send to 600 people saying your teacher and friend has died. And it was wow. just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's one of those kind of, again, it's one of those moments that makes you or breaks you. <laughs> and, um, you know, I remember we, we had a week of, we had a week of um, memorial and the first, you know, that we, we opened the, we opened the studio just because everyone's going nuts on Facebook and stuff. And I remember ring, ringing up and saying to the people who we went from, look, you got, you, I know it's just the day after bank holiday, it's the day after New Year's, but you've got to open up, Oscar's died. And I remember sitting there. And we had like 18 to 20 students behind me and we'd made an altar at the front and I looked at, and I'm like, what do, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to yeah. do? And I remember sitting there quietly and she popped into my head. A voice popped into my head. She goes, it'll be all right, Scott. Just keep going. Just, just do what you need to. And I stopped and smiled. And I remember looking around at the students behind me, all of them in, in, in various stages of grief and thought, right, I've got to go to each one of them and see how they are. And I went yeah. to each one of them and said, whatever you, however you hold her, that's how you remember her. Hold on to that and that's her spirit. And so that's ever since then, that's how I've tried to be, to hold that spirit that we, that she had, that we had, that, that she danced with. And almost like it was the, you know, what was really amazing as well is like the following week, you know, John and Lucy just got back to the UK. They'd been they'd flown literally the day that they flew in is when she went into a coma. And so the following week, John came up and said, he's Scott, I'm going to come up and help you. And he came up one morning he said and i and i didn't know what to do taylor i was like how do i teach now you know what you know i i was practicing with this i didn't really know what to do and he came in on the following tuesday i was practicing with the students until i could work out how i needed to move because it was all so full on and he said he walked in he went right i'm gonna teach but we're gonna do it together wow and so he, he, he taught the class, but I, I work, we worked together in the room. He did this amazing three hour, three, four hour session, which included pranayama, which included like a lead primary, you know, that, in the beautiful way that he can. And we went out for, we had another three hour like breakfast afterwards. And he said, Scott, when you come in tomorrow, 
um, open the doors. And when that first student comes in and they, you say to them, how are you? This is how you move. He said, you say to them, how are you? And they say, yeah, I'm okay. And then you say, good. Ekum. Dwe. Trini. And it was like, just begin again. Wow. And it was That's just, really honestly, it was just what I needed to hear. So I did anyway. Ekum. Dwe. Trini. And it was me, I walked in, I needed to open the Shala again on Akam. And it was just what I needed to hear. And so, you know, every, ever since then, anyone walks in, I work with a smile and say, how are you? <laughs> and say, how is it? How, how is, how are you? And really meet them because I know how, you know, how precious life is. I know I, this is why I, I, this is the way, this is why I, I'm just super passionate about the practice and it being able to really, really help and move us and notice and shift those changes. And I really saw the importance of that in me because it's like, I can see how I've changed, but I also can see with the kind of, with what I can see what, how fleeting it all is at the same time. So we, if we have something like, and what John was saying to me, we have a practice. We have a practice that we can continue whatever that can, that can, we, that we can resource us. And it was just, I just needed reminding. And that yeah. literally is, that that was the second evolution of still point was, wow. was, was when, was when that, you know, was when, when we kind of moved away and, and started to move on from, from there being two of us to Oscar passing, but also this evolution into meeting people with a smile. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's unbelievable, man. That's a great, that is a, a gripping story. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I mean, I got chills a little bit um, <laughs> with that. But it's the thing is, this is the, this is the really important thing about a teacher, you know, and, but the teacher, he was, you know, I, he, you know, and it was Lucy, and, and Lucy said to John, go up there. And, I, you know, it's a shame she couldn't make it because we were all really close. But he, he was able to, yeah, he was able to see what was needed. And he was in wow. grief as well. We were all in grief. But I, I really learn, I really learn from that moment. I really learn what it means to listen, what it means to be together what it means to support, what it means to inspire, what it means to hold, what it means to, you know, hold. But when you say you're holding space, we are. We are, we are hold, we're learning how to hold space because we had to, I had to hold space for grief. I had to hold space yeah. a whole week for grief. It was amazing. You know, we, we went after, after she died, I had three mornings, I said, I opened the more I opened and I said, you can come in, but you don't have to practice. You can do what you want. I opened for the same, the three days after her death. You just light a candle and do what you want. Some people came in and sat. Anyone can come. Some people couldn't. And I remember this one of our students, she would come in and we were open between half past six and nine. And for three mornings, she put the candle down at half six and she would sit in meditation until nine, get up and walk out. And she did that wow. three mornings in a row 
you know, just this beautiful sense of holding space for whatever needed to be there for people. And then on the on the fourth day, on the fourth day of the week of memorial, we had a we had a kirtan with her favorite um her kirtan teacher where we had like 50 people come in and even the guards the guards who would let us in you know the guards who would let us in the building the security guards they came up and were chanting with us and on the last day we had uh, we did 108 with like i mean there wasn't any room left in the in the building there were like 55 people squashed into this doing 108 sun salutations in her memory and so it taught me about holding space about what what you know really the it was palpable the feeling, the feeling that was there. And it's, it's always been the thing that I've, I, that I hark back to the way that, the way that we hold space, the way that we can inspire, the way that we listen, the way that we're in relationship together. You know, it really taught me so much about the moments that we have and how this practice is the kind of, you know, how this practice of yoga is the, is the thread, is the thread that runs through all of our lives. And that's really powerful. I got that from my teacher. I got that from my, from that, that uh, experience of moving through that time. And it's, you know, it's never, it's, it's always going to be to the ground from which I move is to listen, is to say what's needed. It's really powerful stuff. And so when we talk about that idea of a teacher, I'm, I'm with you. I think the right teacher at the right time is just, it's like nothing else. It's like nothing else. So that was obviously an extremely difficult year for you. But now I'm wondering, like, you know, we just came off of a really difficult year uh, in 2020. Like what kind of changes have happened in Still Point? today that have, um, you know, over the last year that have kind of transformed the community, you know, because we've been dealing with COVID and there's just been so rapid change that is happening um, and difficulty. Well, I think, you know, if I, I take it back to this, it's like, um, I remember the email I had. So in March, it was March in last year that we were told we weren't told we were like we could see it coming so we decided ethically we had to close the shala and um and i remember sending the email out on the day it was literally about half an hour after boris johnson had said well you're not gonna we, we you can still go out to restaurants and pubs but we don't advise it and when i'm like well, that means we get, we've got to close ethically we have no and so I remember sending that email out and I remember writing in that email, this is the second hardest email I've ever had to write. The first one, <laughs> the first one was telling everyone about their, uh, their teacher passing and friend passing. The second, this second one is saying that we're going to have to close because of, um, because of, uh, because of the coronavirus. And right. it felt really hard. You know, it's almost like the, you know, this, this thing, this, you know, this has been my life. This is, I feel like this is my life's work. Do you know, and you're probably the same, right? I feel like, oh, I, totally. you know, there is, there's, there's something about, there's something about, there, I, I can't put it into words, but the relationship, the, the way that a Mysore room works is like no other yoga room. 
the, the, the way that you're able to move in and out and connect and the relationships that evolved and the relationships that were formed and, you know, that the, the, the nuances within all the relationships and moments is really beautiful. And I really loved it. It's been the kind of like, and I, I was thinking, well, we're going to close this thing and I don't know when it's going <laughs> to, it's going to return in a way that feels like in a way that feels like it is like it has been right and so i remember sending that email and then thinking well we have to do something um we have to do we have to continue to do something because i could see also that everyone was feeling a little bit wobbly about it. it's, the, it's something like none of us have ever known correct and yeah so, it was a weird time exactly and so i was thought well i what well, i'm i feel okay i feel I feel good in myself. I'm going to carry on being, trying to be, you know, be a face and try and move it onto an online platform and to see how it works. Um, And a lot of, and it, and it, and you know, it was needed. It was really, really needed at the time. A lot of people, we, we went on, well, I think within four days we closed on the Tuesday and then by Saturday we'd started teaching and it was a it was just like we were making it up i think we were making it up as we were going along because to go from that kind of intimate environment which in my soul room is to then going well we're just gonna try and do this online was it felt like a big leap it was a huge leap yeah it was it was a massive leap because suddenly you know, you've lost the kind of subtlety between people is you're just like faces on a screen and everyone's looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) So so there's, there's this kind of like, Oh gosh. Okay. Luckily I'd done loads of workshops before, so I didn't mind, you know, I could kind of dance with that, but, but, and that's the thing. I think that's the thing I was able to move it quite quickly because I can, you know, you can, when you, when you're a Mysore teacher, perhaps if you're a Mysore teacher and then you've got all those people, it's more difficult because you're the focus of attention. But when you do workshops, you have to learn to be to a certain degree as the focus of attention. So I've been doing workshops for years now. So I was able to transmit that quite quickly. And so, you know, it's, but we, we changed, we moved online and we, we, we created an online program. um, And you're still online too, right? and we're still online. Um, yeah. You know, I've stayed online through the whole of the, I've stayed online through the whole of the last 10 months. And if people continue to come? People continue to come. You know, yeah. they, the people who like what we do really, really like what we do. You know, it's a program of six days. I've, I've able to form it into something that's, you know, which I really love, which is like a, a the morning, the morning classes and then the evening, so, short evening mindfulness sessions to begin and end the day. And it was, it's really, you know, it really, it's really captured a few people's imaginations because it's about, you know, as we go through, you know, in the UK, I mean, it's it's the same, I suppose, in the US, but we go in and out of lockdown over the last, over the last 10 months that we've come out a little bit and we, and and, and then we go and you you go back in again. So I was real, I realized that I have to keep this online thing going because, you know, the, the London, London has been like, the, the London is like, there's no one there. You wow. know, there's no, the, the, the city is like, the, the, all of the, the all of the, the uh, people in the city are working from home. They were coming back, then they're not, they're not coming back, then they are coming back, they're not. There's nothing from which you can, in which is where our studio was or is. 
people coming in and going. Everyone's working so well, to a certain degree. Um, we lost our community a little bit, and I and I think if we were to open again, it would we we we'd have to to a certain degree start again. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, starting back at Acom. Starting, yeah, starting back at Acom. Yeah, you're right. Starting back at Acom again, which 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 is fine. Um, but what I've seen is how this, when you get this platform right, when you get these certain, um, when you get the, your classes right, it works really well. Yeah. It works really well. There's, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to, you know, I've, I, over the last, you know, my creativity has really been flowing the last year. So I've been, I've been writing poetry and stuff like that. So at the end of each class, I share poems, which are really beautiful and in Shavasana and, and I share words that are really meaningful. And I chant, you know, I, every morning at 6am on Instagram live, I've been chanting the Shanti mantras since March. You know, one of my teachers, Manju Joyce, I decided, to, you know, he's been coming to teach at Steel Point since 2012 and in i think about 2015 i decided to learn all the shanti mantras he chants and and, and it's um it's profound um it's another practice which i have now which i get to do every morning and it's really meaningful and so i've the meaning you know I, people come and chant with us people come and sit with us people come and breathe with us people come and practice with us and we created this um we've created this little community um, where you start to see people making friends beyond it. And that's how you kind of, and that's what's really important. What I loved about the Mysore Room and the communities that we built is when you start to see relationships forming beyond it because yeah. of it. When we, and, and, and that's what I've always, that's, that's what I wanted to do in relationship to uh, being online. And probably we're going to stay online. I, you know, I don't know, Taylor, when we're going to be out, back out in rooms yeah. which don't have social distancing. Yeah, I, it's going to be a while, but I mean, it's going it's, to be a long time. It's going to be a long time, but it's good to hear that, you know, like people are showing up for your online classes and, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, like there's a sense of, you know, community to the best that it can be. Um, it's pretty amazing. I think, I think you have to kind of like, you have to learn how to dance with it. And it's almost like, I was like, well, it takes a while to learn how, how it can dance. But as long as you've got, there's an integrity, there's intention you know, I felt really good about how trying to get to a place where I feel really good about how we can share, you know, in ways that meets lots of different people. Yeah. And they've, and again, it's that same face of holding space for them. I mean, it's a screen. We're all in our rooms, you know, we're, we're in our, we're, they're, they're in their rooms. I'm in my room and it's my job to feel like I'm tying people, like tying a thread through everyone to feel like they're part of it. You know, I've always felt like I've always felt since that time in 2012, that I wanted people to feel that there was something bigger going on. And that's what yoga is anyway, right? Is that idea of, of the, of this site, that, that idea of the Atman and Brahman is that kind of, there is, there's something bigger I'm reaching to. And I think I really love this idea of community and the idea that people can form kindred relationships and get to know and get to feel that they can travel together, even though we're doing this, this very, um, individual practice and for me that felt you know really important because to find to try and have that spirit behind it because because everyone's stuck at home in their own isolated this is a thing you know you we we this was i felt i felt really important i felt that we really those of us who have 
communities or were were able to I felt I felt important that we carried on being there for people I didn't I wasn't of this kind of of like oh right, well everyone should go in and do their own self-practice now yeah. I I was the, the other side I was at the other side going no we need to be more together than ever yeah that's what I was <laughs> because saying. actually yeah. because it's really tender and people are feeling really vulnerable and people are feeling and and you might be feeling all right but the people all of your different part of the community might not and so there's sense almost like a sense of I felt like a sense of duty for me to continue so if the people wanted to they could open a laptop and see have a sense of something that they know and that they can connect to and that's i feel feel taylor that, that that's the work that we're doing that when the world the, the the world is really vulnerable while there is like this where we we're really unsure there's a few of us who are going well we're still here yeah we're still doing something you might not recognize it as something you know that you're used to because you go into a room but we're trying we're making the best of it and we're trying to work it out and i think that's the that's the spirit very much that i've kind of um I've, I've moved the online still point online on for the last 10 months and we'll probably have to continue for a while until we can get back perhaps in the summer i don't know wow yeah well you know scott it's it's been amazing to uh hear your story and you know hear about <laughs> how it started and your teaching how you found your teacher um you know i gained a bunch of insight into you know who you are as a as a person and as a teacher and you know, like I, I really appreciate you being on the show and and sharing your heart. And I, I mean, we could probably continue this conversation for another <laughs> another two hours, uh, just because there's so much. You're packing so much into every line, um, which I think is really awesome. But I want to I, I want to yeah. thank you for being on the show, and I appreciate uh, you sharing your heart and soul. No, I appreciate you, Taylor. Man, the work you're doing. Like I said to you, I, I wanted when you came on mine. I just really appreciated you, and I, you know we're kind of back slapping each other now but honestly it's it's uh to be part of like your what you've got and you're the voice that you're sharing feels really meaningful thanks man appreciate yeah. it yeah thanks scott hey guys thanks for tuning in if you want more information about ashtanga yoga visit ashtangayogacolumbus.com. You can also check out my website, which is taylorhuntyoga.com. See you guys next time.